Welcome to the Eric Lang Show. You wouldn't believe what's happening right now. <clears throat> I'm in a hotel room, and I'm lying in my bed, and I'm watching some awful television. Well, I can't tell. The sound is off, and it's basically Chuck Norris doing an interview talking about... Uh, well, I don't know, because the sound is off. But anyway, good morning. Happy Monday. Good, uh, good day to you all. Oh, here's the reverse. Chuck looks a little pale, I'll be honest. Um, I should probably turn this off. Anyway, I'm in Buffalo, New York, New York State, Western New York State, which is a beautiful part of the country. I love it here. Um, I love the people. I love the, I love the place. I love the, the, the kind of, you know, in, on the East Coast, everything's a little bit older, it feels like. You know, it's a bit more like, I feel like I'm all of a sudden Amish when I get when I get back to the countryside, because, you know, growing up in New Jersey, all the roads are kind of rolling and all the, uh, the little stone walls are all real. And in LA, they're actually, um, you know, they're plastic. So there's that. Uh, the quality might sound a little bad, and that would be because the um, actual audio recorder that I use, I left it at where we were shooting today. And um, so I'm just recording this into my iPhone. Like I said, laying in bed, I'm holding the mic with my hand. It's a mic that we normally use for a different purpose, um, not surveillance or anything like that. Just sort of goes on the camera as a backup. Um, oh, man. But anyway, it has been a crazy week. We, um, we've been running around. And, um, I mean, so many interesting things happened. I can't even, I, I can't even really, it's hard to sum up, you know, it all, but we'll try here. Um, so let's see, we got, uh, I'm going to make sure this is still recording. All right, it's still recording. So there you go. Technology works. I'm just so afraid that I'll record like a mildly entertaining 40 minute episode and then it'll all be gone, which is very, it's still very likely. It's within the realm of possibility, but basically... Uh, let's see. Let's start at the beginning. Um, I left Los Angeles on for, uh, Thursday morning and went to Michigan. And man, it's been a while since I've really been in Michigan. But there was a time uh, about, what, like 10 years ago, I, I rode my motorcycle across country and um, I got up there in the northern parts, right, up in Wisconsin, and I went up around Wisconsin, and I didn't really have any plan, and I drove around, and all of a sudden, I was in this place called the UP, which is um, the Upper Peninsula, and so I'm up in this Upper Peninsula. It's, it's actually an interesting story. Like, I was really into motorcycling, and I had ridden from L.A., um, and I was up in this desolate part of America. It's the part where... Wisconsin and Michigan meet, they kind of finger each other. That came out weird. It's more like, not, not in the sexual way, but in the, um, in the like uh, Da Vinci way, you know? Like on the Sistine Chapel, they're just touching fingers. So, you know, put your, put your perverted hats away because this is, uh, well, it's also, it's actually explicit, this podcast, I've realized. But whatever, that's not that's neither here nor there. Well, it kind of is actually a little bit more here. But anyway, I'm up in the Upper Peninsula, and the story is is that I'm riding a Goldwing, which is a Honda. It's a Japanese motorcycle, beautiful, 
beast of a machine. It was a 1200 uh, horizontally opposed four-cylinder with a shaft drive. Um, and it was a wonderful bike. You know, it had a digital speedometer, which I liked. It had a, a great speaker system, too. But that broke about uh, 10 miles outside of L.A. before I was heading out on a 4,000-mile journey uh, doing zigzags across the country. And so anyway, you know, when you ride around on a motorcycle, very similar to the, what we're about to talk about, I went and played golf with these Hickory golfers in Michigan for an adventure in golf episode, and it was straight up amazing. Like, it was magical. And it, and it wasn't like, I'm not too much of like, I don't care too much about gear. Like, someone was like, oh, what's in your golf bag? And I was like, honestly, it's like, it's just sort of where the roulette ball stopped. Like, someone gave me a club, someone gave me a thing, someone gave me that. And so that, the golf bag is really more of a, uh, it's more like a little, a little sack that I put shells in as I walk down the beach. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I am really all over the place right now. I'm so tired. You know, the shooting schedule for Ventures in Golf is just nuts. It's just, it's totally crazy. So hopefully you can handle the tangential life that we lead here, um, verbally. So I go, why is Ashton Kutcher on television yelling at me? He's yelling at me. So 10 years ago, I'm on this motorcycle, I'm on this Goldwing, and I'm really into the idea that motorcyclists are essentially a part of their own subculture. So I'm meeting other Goldwing people and, you know, Harley people kind of stick to themselves, I noticed, and BMW people and, you know, Suzuki, some extent, you know, there's like, there's different classes of motorcycle people. You can divide it any way you want. I mean, if you zoom out far enough, it's like, oh, well, we all ride bikes. But you go a little closer, it's like, well, I have this brand. I have that year. I'm a vintage guy. I'm a new guy. Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance. Right? That's, uh, that's about a, two guys that go on a road trip, and one of them is a, a guy who likes a brand new bike that he doesn't have to mess with, and he just likes to go out and experience. The other one is about a guy who likes to have a bike that needs to be fixed all the time, and the carburetors need to be adjusted at altitude. And you know, and it kind of talks about their different worldviews, which is actually a pretty interesting read. One of the four books I've read. Um, the others are Old Man in the Sea, Crime and Punishment, and uh, I don't know, probably a Beverly Cleary novel or something. Um, so we, uh, so I'm riding my Goldwing and I'm having all these crazy experiences and I get up to the Upper Peninsula and I come across like 40 Goldwings uh, on this road, like pulled over at a scenic viewpoint. And so I pull over and I'm like, my tribe, you know? And they're all super nice. And I've got this old 8x10 uh, camera with me. So I take these beautiful portraits of the whole crew um, on film. You know, it's cost like 10 bucks a sheet. And I pop off like four portraits, you know, and I'm really feeling it. And um, they're all sleeping in this motel because they're basically, you know, a Goldwing's expensive when you buy a new one. I had an old one, so it was like 1000 bucks, But the ones that these guys were riding were like fifteen, twenty thousand. They were all like, you know. They had jobs. They had families. I'm just a kid who was like, I, whatever I can do to just keep exploring, you know? And um, so I go photograph these guys, and then I'm like, yo, I want to uh, ride with you guys. Which direction are you going? And they sort of made a weird face, and I was like, what? What's up with that, you know? And they're like, well, you know, we don't. We, we gotta, you got you to gotta talk to the to the pack leader about that. And I was like, the pack leader? What are you? I mean, in one hand, it's kind of cool. There's a pack leader. On the other hand, I'm like, why don't I just fucking ride with you? Like, what's the big deal? And um, 
So I go find the pack leader, Mike, I think his name is. And I said, Mike, look, man, in the morning when we head out, I'm going to go camp over here, but, you know, maybe I can come meet you back here and we can ride out together. You know, I'd like to ride with you guys. It'd be fun. And he just sort of immediately looks at me and goes, yeah, we're not taking on any new riders. And I was like immediately just rejected and hurt. And I was like, what? what do you mean you're not taking on any new riders? He's like, we're just not taking on any new riders. And he like wouldn't give me an explanation. And I was fucking heated, you know what I mean? Um, and so, oh, this actually was in the morning. I, we had already camped out and I had planned to do their portrait in the morning at like 6 a.m. So I did their portrait and then I asked Mike if I could ride with him. He said, no. And I was like, dang. So then I just peaced out. Like I was kind of pissed. I got on my bike, put my leathers on. And just hit the road. I headed east from wherever we were. And um, I get, you know, an hour down the road and I'm so hungry. So I pull over at this diner that I see and there's three Harleys parked outside. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's a gray area in all this. But essentially, pulling up with a Goldwing to a bunch of Harley guys, like, they might look at you funny. But I think it's one of those things where it's on us to just be like, what's up? Welcome. Hello. You know, hi. So I go inside and... The three Harley guys, have, you know, they're basically from ZZ Top. <laughs> and I sit down at a different table, you know, and I kind of get a coffee. And one of the guys looks over and says, uh, how long have you had that Goldwing, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I told him the whole story. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, come join us, you know. So I go sit down with them and we talk. And I, and then I see a, the swarm of, gold, of uh, Goldwing riders slide by on the road, you know, just zoom, 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 zoom. And he goes, he goes, oh, yeah, look at those. And I was like, dude, I got to tell you the story. I, I told him the story about being denied, you know. And he, just, he was like, yeah, golden guys can be a little weird. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, I mean, they're just kind of clicky. And I was like, whoa. And I was like learning all about this, like, super subcultury bike stuff, you know. And he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I'm sorry to hear that. He's like, look, we're going, we're going to this uh, motorcycle fair. It's a Harley fair, but you can come. And, um, you know, it's just a couple hours down the road if you want to ride with us. And I was just like, absolutely. So we all get on the bikes, fucking haul ass down the road. Just like they've got nasty big hogs, like road kings, loud as fuck, fully, fully customized. And, uh, and then we pull over to this fair and it's just a massive motorcycle fair. And like, there's just music and, you know, food and drink and people are selling little trinkets and bike parts. And yeah, it was just a great time. And anyway, then I went down the upper peninsula and back down into the mitten, AKA Michigan. Thank you everybody for reminding me that that's what we call it. And so we go down there and then 10 years later, I'm back in the same place and now I play golf. And that's a couple days ago. And uh, I played in the Hickory Open, which is uh, one of the premier events of the year for uh, the Society of Hickory Golfers, which is a group of men and women who, you know, play these old clubs, 100-year-old clubs, and they get dressed up real fancy, and they take it real seriously. And it was funny because, well, I don't want to spoil this for the episode because the episode is going to be really, really good, but... Essentially, like, I never thought of myself as, like, a hickory guy. You know what I mean? I like old things, but I also like things that work when it comes to technology or materials or whatever it be. So, you know, I'm, I was never, like, dying to hit a persimmon or anything like that. 
or wearing like vintage shoes. Like I like the new stuff. I like the stuff that works and fits. And then I, uh, and then I played a round of Hickory Golf with old clubs. I mean, I, I broke several. I played really well, actually. My swing got nice and tempoed out. And yeah, it was just really fun. Like I just, I loved it. I fell in love with the people, with the equipment, with the place. I mean, Michigan is just a wonderful place. And it's a perfect time of year right now. It's nice and, you know, it's not too hot, but it's perfect temperature. And um, so anyway, that's what brought me back to, um, to Michigan. And, um, and we shot that and, uh, now we're in Buffalo, and it's kind of funny because now on the television that's on silent opposite the bed in this uh, micro hotel room is wrestling, like like WWF or whatever they call it, wrestling. And I'm here in Buffalo to film the ninth episode of this season, which is a little golf course 20 miles from Niagara Falls called... Destroyer Park Golf. And now, I don't want to spoil it because it's going to be a great episode. I think if I think you should have the, um, the uh, what's it called? The, uh, the experience of surprise. I, I think you don't want to know about it. But basically, it's a golf course designed, uh, ideated, procreated, owned and mascotted by a former pro wrestler who is nothing short of a, just a, a brilliantly honest man of 83 years named Dick the Destroyer. And I cried during the interview. I mean, the guy just blew me away. We're going to, so we're going to, we're going to get up and as usual for adventures in golf, we get up around uh, four I get up at four and then try to have a half hour of just like not getting too busy before I wake up. And then 4.30, we leave the hotel here, if that's what you want to call it. And then we head over back over to Dick's spot and um, film a little more. Um, and just continue on, you know? It was really nice to be driving around here today. It's kind of one of the things, like, it's funny to talk about the golf, uh, the motorcycle trip, you know? Because in a way, this this experience of doing the show and wherever we travel, you know, I think it's always that idea of like, um, it's impossible to know what is going to happen next. And that becomes more and more and more poignant the more you move through the world, right? In a one direction, right? Like not so much circular. I mean, I guess it's all circular in the end because I'm coming back to the places I've already been. But it's like, when you realize that you're seeing everything for the first time, like, like you may have been to Denny's, but have you been to Denny's on June? I'm really bad with dates. What's the date today? June 19th, June 18th. Have you been to Denny's on June 18th, 2018? No, you never have in this minute. No, you've never experienced this minute before. So to have some preconceived notion about what it's going to be is, a missed opportunity, right? And so I look at, you know, when you, the best part about it, the motorcycle trip was, it was four months long. And the best part was each day I'd wake up, pack the tent, make a little coffee on the stove, 
and just continue on. You know, it was like, it was almost like a heartbeat. You know, you never went back. Like it was always like you just did it and you kept going. And then that became this concept of if you want to do something, you have to do it right now. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I wanted to take a photo of the sunset, I had to stop and pull over right now because I was never going to see that sunset again. And as far as I know, it wasn't going to get better. So I might as well have a bird in the hand. And so it was really cool to come back here to Buffalo and, and, and see the town. My mouth is so dry. We went to uh, Anchor Bar tonight, which is where the Buffalo wing was invented. Apparently in the 60s, some dudes were hungry and they went to their mom's restaurant and said, we're hungry. Can you make us a snack? And she just threw some secret sauce on these wings. Anyway, I had these wings tonight and I'm just like, man, they're hitting me hard. I mean, it's just like, it's just all, no, nothing's good for you. It's all bad. Um, so we, uh, so tomorrow we're going to shoot in the morning and then we get on a red eye to Iceland. Yeah. And we, I realized I didn't have a hotel booked. So I booked that tonight at dinner. Uh, it's amazing what you can do from the iPhone, right? Yeah. How about Brooks Kepka? Huh? What? I, I caught up on that mostly on my iPhone today. And it is kind of funny how someone can win the same tournament year after year and not really, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't really been following pro golf, so I don't know if he's coming second a lot, but I mean, he's, he's playing well for sure, but it's just funny how it's just, Oh yeah, I'm going to win the same tournament because I've already won it because I'm comfortable there. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, a lot of great highlights from the U.S. Open, obviously. I don't really put too much energy into, like, oh, the USGA did this or this or that. Like, for me, it's, like, it's fair, no matter what, because everyone has to do the same thing. Sure, if I see a pin, like, on a steep slope, I'll be frustrated. But in a tournament situation, everyone's got to deal with it. We just don't ever want to take responsibility, do we? Wow, I need to turn this wrestling off. It is so distracting. They're just... it. It's without sound. It's looking like almost like they're dancing. And they may have sex soon. It's almost like they want to pretend like they don't want to have sex. But they really do. Okay, anyway. Side note. Um, yeah, so... Okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check to make sure I'm still recording. Because that's valuable. And I got... Uh, oh, I'm still recording. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, let's see. I got some. I got a couple. I got a couple things to read here. How exciting! Something to read. Where is it? It's on my phone. I'm a mess. I apologize. I hope you're not crashing into somebody while you while you get upset about this. Um, all right. So obviously, Vice Golf, great golf balls, top performance, half the price. ViceGolf.com. I play the mat finished ball and I know that they were low on stock with those but it's a cool ball I like I mean it's not exclusive device but I like a colored ball because you get to uh, see it first in the fairway because I'm terribly impatient that said the red ball is slightly hard to find in the rough so the yellow ball is kind of my go-to oh my god I played the hickory open two rounds of 18 holes didn't lose a ball I played literally 36 holes with the same ball which I've never had happen that said there wasn't really any water there was a lot of long grass, but no, uh, there was some OB as well. Um, so anyway, check out Vice Golf. It's a great, it's a great company. These guys are based out of Munich. They're just two hustlers. 
they just wanted to provide a product that didn't exist. And they were sued by Titleist. And I think that's fucking rad because you know what? When the big man likes to take the little man down, how great is it when David comes back and throws a little stone at Goliath? Love that story. So when Vice Golf called like a year and a half ago and they were like, hey, we really like your vibe. We want you to make some commercials for us. It was an easy fit. You know, we made these. If you go on the website, you can actually see the six commercials we did last year. And then we've got six more that are coming out this year that are really, really cool. So anyway, vicegolf.com, check it out. Adidas, I don't really have a link for Adidas, but obviously I wear Adidas. I love them, they're great shoes. Um, it was funny because in the Hickory Open, I found Tom Watson had a locker in uh, Belvedere Golf Club. And I, of course, curious me, I opened the locker and what's in there? Some golf shoes. And I was like, ooh, they were like classy, classic old shoes. So I tried them on, they fit. And I sort of checked in with my inner self and I was like, I feel like Tom Watson would get a kick out of it if I wore his shoes. I feel like he would get it, right? So I, so I wore them. And, um, and after the first day, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna wear them again. So the next day, I put back on my uh, cross-knit boosts, my Adidas, my white ones that I love. And some of you guys gave me shit for it on my photo that I put up on Instagram. But, well, actually just Patrick did, but whatever. Patrick, come at me. I'm good with my footwear. I love booths. Anyway, I put them on. And it was like I was putting on slippers that floated. And I remembered why I love those shoes. Because they are just straight up the most comfortable shoes I've ever had. Got a new one today, folks. Sun Care. Okay? Here's the thing. Uh, this is going to sound funny because I am... You would think I'm not really into moisturizer. And you'd be right. But at the same time, I have just gotten into moisturizer. Like, I don't know what it is. Traveling a lot different climates, uh, different soaps in the shower. Oh my God, now I'm watching infomercials of bald women. This is incredible. They're just staring in the mirror, trying to comb the no hair that they have. Man, that's gotta be tough. That's gotta be really tough. For men, it's like tough, but it's a little bit more socially acceptable. Man, I feel for these people. Because also, I mean, is this an ad or is this a documentary? Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. I got, I got to turn the TV off. This is fucking totally distracting. Um, there we go. Where's the power? The remote stopped working. There we go. All right. I stood up. TV's off. Anyway, moisturizer. So I've been using, I've been using moisturizer a little bit more. And here's the funny story is I love like high quality stuff. You know what I mean? Like I have nice cologne. I have nice underwear. I have nice socks. I like, I have, I have like 40 pairs of the same socks. I just love them. Right. I found what I want and I get, use it. And, um, you know, if it's good, it's like, yeah, I'd rather pay a little more to have exactly what I want because every time I put on the thing I don't want, I'm going to be like, this sucks. And I'm going to like, it's going to feed into my life, you know? So anyway, these guys, uh, make this, make this skincare product, right? And it's basically a day and a night moisturizer. And what's really cool is not only does it smell good and feel good, but it is good. And not only that, it's developed by two dudes who are on a golf course. One of them was a surf dude named Matt, who I know through Instagram and totally coincidentally, Jeff ended up hooking it up for a podcast sponsorship. And basically, uh, Matt is a surfer dude. And his buddy, whose name I don't know, is a doctor. And they were talking about how, you know, when you're outside in golf and you want to not get burned and you want to like have 
good skin. It's surprising that all these companies basically sell you garbage. Like apparently scientifically, there's a lot of trash in all of the lotions you put on. So anyway, get sun care, check it out. I'm going to tell you what it's called here. Hang on, I'm literally just jerking the phone around here. I got like, I got the phone. I got the thing plugged into the phone. Now I got to get my glasses because I got to read this thing. All right. Um, first of all, it's spelled S-O-N-N-E. Okay, oh, look at this. They made a link. Go to suncare.com slash Eric. Whoa, com slash Eric. S-O-N-N-E-C-A-R-E.com slash Eric. Read out the URL, please. I just did. And use code Eric at checkout. Oh, look at this. I didn't even realize this. You get $20 off. You see, you see, wait. Oh, oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, okay. Use code Eric at checkout to try it for 20 bucks, which is 50% off. Over 50% off. Dude, that is legit. I'm going to order some. I'm kidding. I have some right here. All over my face. Literally, I look like banana cream pie. Um, basically, the deal is you put it on the morning and you put it on at night. And it's got all natural ingredients. It's vegan. Manufactured in the USA. And it's formulated to combat the number one cause of skin aging. Now, let's talk about that. Skin aging, all right? Uh, smile lines are good, but I don't think that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about actual wrinkles, right? Those are not good. Um, so anyway, there's a doctor involved. There's a surfer involved. There's some golf involved. There's a half off code involved. And there's a lot of other words here on this page, but I don't think I can read all those. And I don't think you want to hear them all at this point. We'll save it for another time. Oh, 90% of aging is caused by the sun. Real science. Sun is formulated by doctors to prevent this process while reducing signs of past damage. Dang, so you can go back in time. That's kind of legit. Um, yeah, so check it out. Oh, and it's a subscription. Good products are only good if you get them. That's why Sun ships free to your door every month. Well, there you go. So it's a lot like uh, Vice Golf. All right, folks. So that's that for that part. Um, and then I got a question. Who's got a question? Um, <laughs> hey, Eric, I really enjoyed the interview with Dave Annable. You mentioned covering your tattoos during your trial at joining Wilshire. Got me thinking about getting a golf-themed tattoo. Would love to hear on the next pod about any golf-themed tats you have seen over the years, if any. All right, legit, I saw someone with the Tiger Woods logo on his calf. That made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I took a photo of it. I think I posted it on my Instagram a couple of years ago. And then I've also seen someone with a golf ball on their arm. And me and my boys here, David and Stuart, the AIG crew, have been debating getting like a golf club. And then on the top, it would say AIG, like kind of like jailhouse. And on the bottom, it would say SWYD. Do you know what that means? I thought I invented the acronym, but apparently it exists online. It means sleep when you're dead. Because the whole jam of these trips is like we end up going to bed late, 12, 1. I mean, that's not even that late, but when you got to catch the sunrise, you have a four. And basically, you got four days of sleep packing in 16 hours, four days to live. <laughs> what the fuck? Four days of life with 16 hours of sleep. That's not enough, right? I should develop some type of a sleep app. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, that was bad. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, what... Uh, 
I, I, I was thinking about getting sleep when you're dead. I thought that'd be pretty cool, you know? Um, but that's that. All right, next. Uh, quick question. When you're not chasing adventures with club in hand, what other kind of activities do you enjoy participating in? Huh. Good question. Um, well, I mean, I think, you, I think you know. Like, I like golf. I like running around. I like talking to people. I like, it just said golf. Didn't he say not golf? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect your question. Um, I like going to the movies a lot, actually, because it's just like I leave my phone at home and I just go to the movies. And then when I get out of the movie, it's like, oh, I don't even have my phone. Um, You know, sometimes the phone can become a source of like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff going on. I'm like, there's so many things to think about. But I like it when it's just no phone. You know, I like to take my dogs for walks. I have one dog, so it's a dog. The buffalo sauce is really going to my heart. Um, So, yeah, that's that. And um, let's see what else we got. Huh? Doesn't want to get out of that screen. Oh, you owe me the story of your mom and med school on a podcast. I'm halfway through it and would like any inspiration. Great listening, man. Keep up the stellar work. Dara. Okay. Seriously. If you're in medical school, you're a fucking legend, all right? I don't know about what I... I don't know. I've always felt like doctors are the only true profession. And I know that might offend a lot of people, and it should offend me because I'm not a doctor, but you're the only, like... You're you're one of a crew of many deeply essential people to survival, right? I mean, obviously, pilots, people who build roads, trains, technology people, um, you know... Um, therapists, um, hotel clerks, you know, um, blackjack dealers. These are all necessary. (laughs) These are all necessary things, right? As well to live in our world. But doctors in a sense are fulfilling some super simple desire to live. So if you're a doctor, I salute you. If you're any type of thing like that, that's, it's really, really cool of you to put that much time and energy into it. So basically my mom was 50 and I was 11. Yeah, she was 39 when I was born. Um, respect. And she decided to go back to medical school. And uh, she took some classes, and somehow she ended up getting into the University of Medicine and Dentistry in New Jersey after taking a few background biology classes at Drew University. And she got into umd and did well, busted her ass. And then she got into Yale. And she went to Yale Medical School and moved to Connecticut for like two years. And, you know, I mean, I think if you're looking for inspiration there, it's just like, you know, we're all just looking for a purpose. Why are we doing what we're doing? Well, I mean, the best purpose that I can come up with to do anything is to make the world a better place. You know, a lot of these books I've read about, like, meditation and stuff like that, will talk about the desire to be happy is not selfish. It's actually selfless because happy people are typically more caring and more patient, right? And more inclusive. So whatever makes you happy really could be your purpose. Hopefully that doesn't include things like smoking crack and murdering people. Um, because obviously, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, if you just, bust through it. You know what I mean? On some level, you'll never remember 
the pain as painful as it is right now. It'll always go forward and you'll always look back on it and it'll be less sharp. Just like the bogeys, you know, just like the doubles. When they, when they happen, they're so painful. But then once we kind of zoom through it, it's much more chill. And we can laugh at it. So the idea is laughing at it in the moment, I guess. Um, yeah. My voice hurts. I don't know if you can tell. Can you tell my voice hurts? Wow, we're already at 32 minutes. Jeez. I feel like I've been talking about nothing the whole time. Um, oh, man. I'm going to sneeze. I've had allergies so badly recently. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Probably going to interview some sweet PGA Tour players coming up soon. If you've got any questions in general that you'd like to hear from PGA Tour players, email the Eric Lang Show at gmail.com and let me know what you're thinking and what you want to hear from the pros, you know. Um, feel free to get specific if you have specific players, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to do a bunch of cool interviews with them. Um, obviously, Father's Day just happened, so I like the idea someone said to interview my dad. Definitely going to do that. At one point in this podcast, I did do an interview with both my parents, and it went really well, um, but then we ended up going in a different direction. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I guess, you know what? I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, I'm going to go to bed. And, you know, you're going to turn this off. And hopefully, you know, hopefully no one got hurt during the uh, making or the listening of this podcast. And um, swing hard, folks. It'll land somewhere. Let me know if you got any ideas for Iceland. And let me know if you try that skincare stuff. I want to hear what you think. It's going to be pretty good. Sun care. Check it out. All right, everybody, have a great week. Uh, I don't know what Jeff has in store for you guys on Thursday for the podcast, but it's either going to be Ron Shelton from Tin Cup uh, or uh, maybe Dana Dahlquist, swing coach, or I believe that's all we have in the can. Oh, boy. I got to get back to work. Um, wish me luck in Iceland. If you got any ideas, let me know. And, um, yeah. I can go for a cookie, actually. It's the first time i thought about a cookie in a while. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.